This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Boketov, good morning. How are you? Boketov, so much to talk about. <clears throat> we definitely don't have time to cover everything, unfortunately, Howard. And I've been thinking where I'm going to start. And this morning I was met with a headline in the Jerusalem Post, an opinion article that says, Israel can't be both a Jewish state and a liberal democracy. And I thought about that for a moment, and I think I disagree. But I just wanted to put it out there to see what listeners think about that particular statement. Israel can't be both a Jewish state and a liberal democracy. But really what I wanted to start with was where we left off yesterday, because we had a bit of a protest that we left things on yesterday when Yossi protested against us talking about the protests. And I wanted to acknowledge Yossi's right to protest and his uh, democratic um, right to to, to state that, which, of course, I do appreciate. Um, And what I wanted to say to Yossi was that if I've left listeners with the impression that the protest has really taken up most of Israel's agenda and headlines this week, then I think I've done a good job. Mm. <clears throat> because really that's the situation. That is really the yes, situation. Absolutely. And also in my defense, we did speak about one or two other things that were not protest related. But I would put it back out to Yossi and indeed to other listeners to say, so I know what you don't want to hear about today. But the question <laughs> is, what do you want to hear about? Right. Let's, right. let's, let's try and turn it around. If you've got a view as to what you would like to hear about rather than what you don't want to hear about, do let us know. Um, I'm always interested well, to, and, to and get And that's views. the problem that we have with social media because it follows our algorithm. So we decide what we want to uh, focus on and hear, and that's all we do. So True. we don't hear about True. the things we don't want to, which is, is, is problematic. True. Um, I absolutely agree. Um, one of the things that we don't really have much time to talk about today is the visit by Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas to Janine yesterday. He traveled there on two Jordanian, he and his entourage, not him himself, but he had an entourage with him, traveled on two Jordanian military helicopters from the Mukatta in Ramallah, which is the, the heart of the Palestinian Authority government. That's where they run the administration from the Mukatta in Ramallah. They traveled from there to Janine. It's the first time that Mahmoud Abbas has visited Janine in over 10 years. And he went to the Janine refugee camp yesterday, which he has never visited apparently wow. in his term as president of the Palestinian Authority. Now, the whole issue of these ongoing refugee camps and the refugee status is definitely a topic that I'd like to discuss with you guys, perhaps on another occasion, because I've got some quite strong views about this whole refugee status. But it was interesting that there was nobody from Hamas or Palestinian Islamic Jihad in sight yesterday, not the leaders and not supporters of the movement. And this was Mahmoud Abbas's way of asserting Fatah and Palestinian Authority control 
over Janine just to reassert that because we've already discussed the fact that there's been some challenge to the Palestinian Authority in Janine. And this is his way of really reasserting that. So very, very fascinating set of events that took place yesterday in Janine. A two-hour visit to the Palestinian, to the, the, the refugee camp just outside of Janine. Um, and I think a very strong political statement being made. Lots and lots of other stories surrounding it, whether Mahmoud Abbas's wife is really ill uh, in hospital and whether he was going to use that as potentially an excuse not to visit Janine. In the end, apparently, he did visit the hospital where his wife is reported to be unwell, and he visited Janine as well. So lots and lots of political stories surrounding that that particular one. Mm, mm. Really, really fascinating. And uh, that it leads us, this uh, this uh, this headline about Israel, uh, leads us to this, this issue about the relationship between the U.S. and Israel. Questions are being asked about the relationship in light of the strong views being expressed by the U.S. administration uh, with regard to Israel's judicial reform. So what are the views that are being expressed? Well, there's so much going on at the moment. We already know that the relationship between Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Joe Biden is not at its best. And Netanyahu has been seeking an invitation to the White House. That's already no secret. And Netanyahu doesn't deny it. He's not embarrassed uh, about the fact that this is being widely publicized, that he would like to be invited to the White House and that he's not being invited to the White House. And there's a certain snub involved in that. But it was interesting that the New York Times ran a column um, by uh, Thomas Friedman, which warned that the Biden administration is apparently reassessing its ties with the Israeli government, um, even though uh, a senior Israeli government official did respond to that by saying we're not aware of any decision about a reassessment by the U.S. government. And this also follows upon um, a comment that was made by outgoing U.S. Ambassador to Israel, Tom Nides, who said that the U.S. government is keen to prevent Israel from Going off the rails, those were his words that he used, that the U.S. government wants to get involved because it wants to prevent Israel from going off the rails. And Nides also went on to say that he thinks that Israelis do want the U.S. administration to get involved in Israel's business. That, those were the comments by Tom Nides. And, of course, um, Ron DeSantis, uh, did, sorry, Ron DeSantis mm, did mm. not... Uh, lose the opportunity to, to, to respond to this by saying that he thought it was very disrespectful for the, very disrespectful for the U.S. ambassador uh, to falsely claim that most Israelis want the United States to be in their business. And he felt that, um, uh, Joe Biden is being a little uh, disingenuous by refusing to meet with Prime Minister Netanyahu when, on the other hand, he is willing to meet with dictators of countries. And he used the example of Venezuela, where um, President Biden has apparently met with the president of Venezuela, which is not really on the kind of democratic spectrum in terms of uh, democracies around the world. So we've got a lot of different things going on with this relationship with the United States, there is little doubt that Israel's relationship with the United States is absolutely critical to the state of Israel from a military and a defense perspective. Israel relies a great mm. deal mm. on the United States in terms of the funding and the support and the supply of 
weapons, of technology, of um, hardware that Israel needs to defend herself. I think it would also be fair to say that the United States needs Israel in terms of being a democratic footprint in the Middle East and in a very, very strategic location and, and the, the friendliness that Israel extends to the United States can't be underestimated in terms of a strategic location in the Middle East. And to be fair, if we were to put all of the countries that the United States has relationships with on a sort of democratic continuum where let's call the United States kind of the most democratic country in the world, whether you believe that or not, let's just for mm-hmm. a moment suggest that it is. And on the other end of the continuum, let's put, uh, I don't know, North Korea or Iran, and let's put all of the other countries in between those two in order to place them on the continuum. I would like to suggest to you that in spite of Israel's democratic issues and problems and challenges that it faces, it would be quite near to the United States on that democratic continuum, on that on that rating of democracies. Israel would be not far from the United States in terms of in terms of how democratic the country really is. So why would the United States decide? to punish Israel in the way that it is doing right now by refusing to meet the prime minister and by making all these these public statements. And, you know, people say, well, you are more inclined to be very critical of people who are close to you and who are friendly to you rather than those who are a little bit further away from you. So the United States feels that it has the right and maybe even the obligation to make these comments to Israel being a close friend as it is at the moment. And so, so to kind of dish out this punishment, but I think that there is something a little bit more to it, and there may well be a statement about the inclusion of people like uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir and uh, Bezalel Smotrich in in the Israeli government set up, and perhaps if they weren't involved, things would be different. I don't know, Um, but it's a very, very difficult thing to understand why exactly the United States administration is taking this view that it is right now. And let's just add in something which is kind of unrelated but still related, which is that another article that I read uh, uh, in the last day or two has said that the work towards uh, the visa waiver program, implementing the visa waiver program for Israelis by the United States is progressing quite well. And that seems to really be moving ahead on a diplomatic basis. So um, lots and lots of different um, matters to think about and to discuss, lots and lots of dilemmas here. And, of course, as always, I open it to the listeners because mm, I'm mm. sure that they've got a lot to say and think about this. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you, 34519 or 0618951019. Anthony, I just wonder if, if it isn't that we have very much in life, we have very much higher expectations. We hold our friends, we hold our family to a much higher standard than we do other people. We expect more from them, we demand more, and often we're more disappointed in them for by, with them doing something that somebody else, uh, where somebody else has done way worse. And I just wonder if there isn't some of that going on between the in the relationship between Israel and the United States, being such a close relationship from a military, from a from a commercial perspective, on so many levels. Uh, you've got this incredible interplay between the people of the country, where so many um, Israelis. Uh, might have been born in America, have connections to the United States, and I just wonder if that isn't uh, maybe part of it on some sort of a psychological level that that the U.S. hold Israel to a very different standard. I, I have little doubt that, that that certainly does play a role. I think the danger with that is, of course, that ultimately 
there is a there, there is a problem that if you hold the people who are closest to you to that higher standard and you are more critical of them and in the process you alienate them, you're alienating those people who are going to most protect you when you need them. And there is, of course, the danger. Mm, absolutely. Again, I'd love to hear from you on 34519 or 061-8951019. Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah has issued new threats against Israel. Tell us about this. Yeah, so this is a, a, a quite a fascinating story because this is really all about asserting authority on the Lebanese border with Israel. And there have been a number of incidents over the last few weeks that have taken place on the border between Lebanon and Israel. Um, Israel has undergone some maintenance work or undertaken some maintenance work along the, the fence between Israel and Lebanon. And in the process of undertaking that maintenance work, there have been a number of incidents, a few uh, Hezbollah members have apparently tried to approach Israeli forces um, while they're doing the work, the technical forces. There might have been even some attempts to fire upon them. And so there's been quite a lot of um, a, a number of incidents, let's say, along that northern border. Alongside that, the, the Hezbollah Secretary General Hassan Nasrallah has said that Israel has attempted to somehow take hold of the northern part of the village of Gaja. Now, Gaja is a village which is right on the Lebanese border. And when in the, in the year 2000, the United Nations drew the so-called blue line, which demarcates the border between Israel and Lebanon, it was always designed to be some sort of a temporary demarcation rather than a permanent one. But that's the one that currently is in force, that blue line between Israel and Lebanon, the blue line was drawn right through the village of Gaja, through the middle of the village of Gaja, such that the northern part of the village is in Lebanon and the southern part of the village is in Israel. Now, the uh, Hassan Nasrallah has said that Israel has attempted over the last few weeks to somehow try to annex the northern part of the village of Gaja and apparently has even put up a fence around the northern part in order to somehow grab hold of the northern part of that village, which is ironically split in two between two different countries. Um, and in response to that, um, Hezbollah have put up tents on the Israeli side of the border in the area that we like to call Hardov in, 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 in Israel, otherwise known as Sheba Farms, which is also a contested part mm. of that border area. So Hezbollah put up, fence, uh, put up tents in the Sheba Farms area, and they've put operatives there to defend those tents. And Hassan Nasrallah yesterday warned that Hezbollah operatives had been given directives to respond to any attack on these tents that have been put up uh, in Sheba Farms if Israel tries somehow to remove those tents. Now, Israel has already appealed to the United Nations on this issue because there seems to be little doubt, at least from the United Nations perspective, that that is Israeli territory. And those tents are not Israeli tents. Those are Hezbollah tents. And so even though Israel has appealed to the United Nations, nothing has actually been done to remove those tents. So that is really a statement of a threat to some degree. Right. Putting up the tents is kind of laying claim to the territory, mm, mm. which is clearly Israeli territory. And, of course, yesterday was the anniversary of the outbreak 
of the second Lebanon war. 16, 17 years, I'm sorry, 17 years have gone by since the second Lebanon war broke out on the 12th of July in 2006. Just to remind listeners that the war ended with 41 Israeli civilians, 121 IDF soldiers killed during that war, as well as at least 500 Hezbollah operatives and probably hundreds of Lebanese civilians killed in that war um, that took place in 2006. And, of course, it was initiated because of uh, an attack on a patrol of IDF Humvees and two IDF soldiers were kidnapped, both of whom ultimately turned out not to be alive and whose bodies were returned to Israel some years later. Um, But that was really the pretext for the and the Nasrallah speech, a uh, very, very vociferous speech last night, threatening Israel. Lots of things going on on the Lebanese border right now. Um, Amos Hochstein, who's the U.S. envoy uh, to, to coordinate things between Lebanon and Israel, has been in Israel. Prime Minister Netanyahu did meet with him, even though he is an official representative of the U.S. administration. Just another thing to add into the mix of the relationship between the U.S. and Israel. Now going over to Lebanon to talk to them about issues on the, along that border. Some Israelis think that this is a potential precursor to a more extended war with Hezbollah, indications that this might uh, involve a war ultimately with Hezbollah. Of course, time will tell. But in the meantime, all of these uh, shenanigans going on backwards and forwards on that northern border. Wow, what an incredible amount of information to try and process. Anthony Raff, thank you as always, and uh, thank you for the week of reporting. Wishing you a fantastic weekend. Shabbat shalom. I'm away next week, but uh, Anthony will be chatting to the Morning Mayhem team as he does every morning at 7.45. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com. Dot com.